0: Hello and welcome to YHTV's Magical Medical Tour. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Christina Suzuma, and with me is our wonderful medical guide, Dr. Glenn Woolman. Hello, Dr. Woolman.
1: Hello, Christina, and greetings, everybody. Welcome to Magical Medical Tour. I'm Dr. Glenn Woolman. I will be your medical guide along with Christina today as we travel through another quadrant of the healthcare galaxy. Uh, to search for optimal health and we're kind of going into a a prior quadrant we've been here before our guest today is kabir southwick who's a naturopath and an ayurvedic healthcare practitioner and an herbalist so we're going to be talking with him today about home remedies how's that sound to you christina
0: i love it i love home remedies as you very well know now um I just want to tell our audience that at any time during the show, if you have a question or a comment, just simply scroll down on your screen and type it into the comment box and be sure to click submit. Um, or you can pick up the phone and leave us a message at 818-LET'S-TALK, 818-LET'S-TALK. And we'll be sure to get your um, question or comment over to our special guest or Dr. Woolman and uh, reply to you. So be sure to leave your contact information back for us as well. There we go, Glenn. We're on our way.
1: Thank you. We are (laughs) on our way. Uh, Also, people, even if you're watching it or listening to it, uh, not at the time that we promote it, but at any time, you can get back to us. So we'll always be looking for your comments and questions. I did want to be clear for a moment. Uh, I know that a lot of people that are on the Internet these days uh, will look for things and come across things on their searches for special words. So I wanted to make sure people today that are tuning in for the first time, we're not going to be talking about solar panels or changing light bulbs for more efficiency or insulating your attic. This <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to be remedies for the home. This is actually going to be remedies for people that live in the home. So without further ado, uh, all of you that have been uh, watching Magical Medical Tour for a long time probably know Kabir Southwick. He does practice Ayurvedic medicine, and he is an herbalist and a naturopath, and he's done many shows with us. Uh, So rather than introducing him in different ways, I would just suggest that all of you go back and look at some of his other shows. He always brings out great information for us and practical aspects of healing welcome kabir
2: oh thank you thank you for
1: having me glenn and uh, christina it's good to be back again
0: yay <laughs> yeah,
1: you're you're our returning champion back in the saddle again
0: back in the, back the, in saddle. the saddle and i'll keep bouncing
1: <laughs> so kabir is- today we're picking uh home remedies, and we want to we want to uh first describe what that is i think Home remedies have been around probably even before there were homes, would be my guess. People have been using things to take care of themselves long before there were actual physicians. And then basically, I think one of the reasons that people use home remedies today is because of the expense of going to a doctor, the difficulty making an appointment, and having to wait for things. And then when you actually do get the medication, sometimes there are many side effects. So... People are always looking for more holistic ways of taking care of themselves and um, treating themselves with more common things. And that's what we're going to approach today. But I do want to say, and I may say this along the way, and probably you will say the same thing, Kabir, that's very important that this usually be done. First of all, you should have a knowledge of your own body. So if something is wrong and you're not sure what it is, it might be better to actually see a doctor and find out what it is before you start treating a symptom. But if you do have an idea of symptoms uh, and you know that it's not serious where you would need to be in an emergency department or a hospital or at the doctor's office, then that, that might be the time to go for it. And I would also say that um, if you have some kind of a symptom, I'm sure we're going to go over many common symptoms that people have, and I'll bring this up again later, possibly is that if you continuously have a symptom even if the home remedy is working to get rid of that symptom uh, it's my belief that you probably should get it checked out rather than continuing to count on the home remedy and once you find out what it is and and if the home remedy is still okay continue but there might be something that it's disguising because it might be so effective in that moment that uh you'll feel better but that doesn't mean the problem is gone or cured so with that What's your thoughts on home remedies in general, Kabir?
2: Yeah, those are are all good points there, Glenn. Um, And yes, many of these home remedies are really not what we would say cures addressing the uh, root cause, but uh, sometimes just uh, helping to uh, soothe over certain symptoms. Um, So, uh, for example, acne, there's uh, many uh, home remedies which I'll cover, but uh, uh, constipation could be the actual uh, cause. So it's important to understand that uh, all, a lot of these home remedies are not uh, cures that w- that, uh, and they could require much more uh, treatments, which some which could be done at home, like a colon cleansing or a liver detoxification or changes in your diet, changes in your lifestyle and, and other factors uh, would be very important. My second point is I'd like to make about uh, home remedies and they are very, uh, of course. I think, like you said, since the uh, uh, beginning of uh, time, I think humans have always tried to uh, come up with uh, a simple natural cures that they had available to them. And what, what makes home remedies uh, different than other types of herbal remedies is that you have uh, you're utilizing what you have at your in a, in a home, spices and foods and and uh, vinegar and oils and other. Uh, substances which we would have available without having to be an herbalist, which in a sense makes them kind of limited because certain conditions, I just don't know of good home remedies for certain conditions because uh, I only think in terms of the, the the herbal formula or the herbs, which I know work. So, um, And then in Ayurveda, if we're talking Ayurvedic home remedies, then there's generally at least three for every condition because there's usually the uh, Vata uh, condition the pitta condition, and the kapha condition. Uh, best example would be um, a type of arthritic pain. Uh, a vata type of pain would be dry and cracking, so you'd want to use something that's moist, like a uh, castor oil packs. Um, and then uh, uh, kapha type of arthritis would be uh, painful, but more swelling and a more dull pain. Um, so a ginger uh, poultice uh, would be... Uh, uh, very effective. And then there's type of uh, inflammatory or pitta type of arthritic pain, which has more heat along with the pain. And there we can use, um, say, uh, aloe vera with uh, turmeric, uh, which is more anti-inflammatory and cooling. So you have the same condition, but you actually have three different approaches based on uh, the type of uh, body type or really the type of Condition you can have, like I mentioned, uh, kapha arthritis, uh, vata arthritis, and pitta arthritis. So it's much more sophisticated um, than just here's the home remedy for the condition. So I'll cover some of the variations, uh, but that's really quite uh, uh, complex and a little more time-consuming. So I'll throw out some of them, uh, but it's important to keep in mind that just because I mention or you read about a home remedy, it may not be the Right home remedy for your body type and your condition, uh, the the type, the type of ailment or uh, acute condition that you have.
1: Will you will you be able to focus at all uh, today on home remedies that are general for everybody, or will you stay within the realm of Ayurveda and Vata, Pitta, and Kapha?
2: Well, I'm trying to try to uh keeping it in the, uh, the limited realm of home remedies, I have to limit it to food and spices and herbs, uh, and then I'll give out a few of the variations for um, that can be used. For example, cough. Um, you can't say, if somebody says, I have a cough, what's the home remedy? Well, my first question is, is it a dry cough, or is it a wet cough? Do you have phlegm, do you have mucus, or do you have dry, horse throat? So it's a vast difference there, and that will dictate right off the bat, what type of home remedy? Um, for example, for the for a cough, if it's a uh, uh, a, a dry cough, then um, you know often uh, even warm milk with uh, turmeric and ginger is very effective. But for a wet cough with phlegm and mucus and congestion, then honey with uh, ginger or honey with a little ground up uh, clove uh, or even ginger cumin. And a clove tea to uh, break up the congestion. And, of course, you can put drops of eucalyptus oil in that, too, or inhale eucalyptus oil directly to break down the mucus in the uh, upper respiratory tract. And those that wouldn't be necessary in a dry cough, where you're going to want something that's more of a demuculant and, and, and uh,
1: soothe the, uh, uh, the respiratory tract, like uh, milk. Uh, demuculant. Uh, I like that word demuculant. I don't think I've ever used that before. Kabir before before we move into these things, uh I just want to ask the question. Somebody comes to me or another physician, they usually come with a symptom or a set of symptoms and we ask many questions. You know, just like you alluded to a moment ago, dry cough, we would ask when did it start? Have you ever had this before? Uh, you know, is it accompanying a fever? Many, many different questions. And I know that you, in your Ayurvedic practice, sit down with someone also. You don't just say, you have a cough. Okay, here. You start asking many questions. So before people start actually taking a home remedy, should they go through their own process of asking themselves certain questions with whatever the symptom or whatever they're trying to use the remedy for? Yeah, of course,
2: uh Ayurveda is based to a large degree on a self-care, learning about your own distinct uh, digestive system, body type, uh, prakriti, vikriti, and uh, then uh, only with that knowledge would you be able to uh, give yourself the right uh, uh, treatment or home remedy in this case. So it's very important to understand yourself and to understand your condition and not generalize You know, when people say, I'm sick, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, it doesn't really mean anything from a professional point of view, as you would say. Or even, I have a cough, or it's just not specific enough. So people need to understand the details of their own condition. And then, of course, evaluate uh, and question what they may be doing in their daily life, uh, back to the uh, wet cough or mucus or upper respiratory congestion, Obviously, you wouldn't want to be taking any uh, dairy products during that period, uh, which would only exasperate it. But if you had a dry cough, that uh, warm, raw, organic milk would actually be soothing and comforting. So it's very important to understand um, yourself and to understand what actions that you may be taking in your life or foods you may be eating to uh, exasperate or bring about this condition in the first place.
1: I like that idea. Always, We always, on Magical Medical Tour and Trinity of Life, we talk about lifestyle all the time, and that's an important part of any disease and any aspect of signs and symptoms. So let's get into it, and as we go through some things, I'm sure there'll be many questions Christina might have or I might have, and uh, some comments that we'll want to make. So let's just pick, a, pick something to begin with. How about one of the things that we see in... Uh, our society today is people have trouble with sleep. So, do you have a home remedy for sleep?
2: Yeah, uh, in fact, the herbal formulas really are the best for sleep. its uh, I'll give out a few home remedies, but uh, they're, they're limited um, in their effect compared to herbs, you know, the uh, valerian root, passion flower, kava kava, just to name the Western herbs and the Ayurvedic herbs, uh, shankta uh tagar. Uh, uh, and 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 others would are are very effective and almost and have the capacity to knock a person out and get them to sleep. So herbs really are the best solution for somebody with insomnia. But a nice home remedy is uh, just uh, a, a warm milk, uh, warm milk uh, with a pinch of nutmeg. Nutmeg is a type of sedative, and in fact, I put it in some of my herbal formulas as well. Powdered nutmeg. But an old home remedy is warm, raw, organic milk warmed up uh, with uh, two or three pinches of a nutmeg. And nutmeg has a a delayed sedative effect um, that uh, keeps you asleep. And that home remedy will work for uh, mild insomnia. It works very well for uh, children. But uh, people who have uh, chronic insomnia or they're overthinking, overactive mind, uh, high levels of stress, they're going to respond much better to uh, herbal sedatives
1: and and nervines. Okay, uh, and again, I think that you know sleep is extremely important. But uh, one of the things that's important always is, and I'll probably say this with almost each one of our remedies, is that if it works for you and you're having to take it all the time, you may want to start looking at lifestyle changes. But if it's not working, then you need to go see uh, a specialist to maybe figure out something else that is the cause.
2: Yeah, and in the case of insomnia, your whole environment and your lifestyle is more than likely a major factor. Uh, Watching TV, uh, overexposure to electromagnetic frequencies in your bedroom, a box spring mattress that has electromagnetic currency in it, uh, a current... um, uh, Electronical uh, appliances in the room, flashing lights in the room, uh, all of these uh, have a, a big impact. And, of course, the amount of stress and anxiety a person experiences during the day. Um, but another good home remedy I'd like to uh, bring up is acne because this is one that's uh, a very effective by itself and uh, a lot of people do have it. And, of course, there's many causes to acne, um, a poor uh, uh, digestion. Uh, a colon uh, uh, congestion or constipation, uh, hormonal changes for uh, both men and women. But just as a uh, uh, topical type of cure that someone can use, um, rinsing, washing first with a a, a soap uh, with a little tea tree oil in it because of its antimicrobial uh, qualities is a good first step. Then a quick rinse or like a toner with either witch hazel oil or just water with a little uh, lemon juice in it or even just a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar, which has an astringent effect, which helps to pull the skin together. And then once you have uh, maybe a particular uh, pimple or spot you want to cover, a very effective home remedy is uh, honey with uh, a little cinnamon. So you take a little honey, uh, raw honey, and uh, put some cinnamon in it and mix it up and just dab that on the actual uh, uh, whiteheads. Um, and uh, this will, because of honey's anti-viral, uh, antimicrobial properties and cinnamons, this is a very effective
1: home remedy. Kabir, this is important. Uh, and I think that all of us, just because they're home remedies and they may be around the house, when you're using them as a medication, I think it's very important to have uh, special Uh, good high-grade qualities of these things. We talk about different honeys. You can have certain honeys that may not be good for you, and you have a manuka honey that might be excellent. Also, tea tree oil. There are some problems we've seen uh, with, I think, endocrine receptor disorders and tea tree oil. So it's very important, again, to make sure the high-quality grades and some of these things more specific in terms of you're using them for healing now, not just for uh, flavoring your uh, drink.
2: Yeah, it's true. Uh, culinary spices uh, tend to be a different grade than uh, therapeutic-grade spices. Uh, even when you buy certain um, spices, uh, like turmeric, there's different qualities that you can purchase. And the culinary ones in cooking tend to be the more lower grade. So you, you want to take that into consideration that the turmeric you have in your kitchen may not be as good as the uh, turmeric that's used by an herbalist, for example. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: So how do, how do people, just in general, as we move forward throughout today's home remedies, how do people make sure that if they're going to use something as a home remedy that they, they find it in the right place? Well, first
2: is buy the highest possible quality you can uh, or organic Uh, uh, products, and if you have a choice between a lower-grade product and a higher-grade product, particularly when choosing spices or herbs, uh, then you want to choose a higher-grade. And many of these home remedies include honey. Honey is uh, very useful. And, of course, when I refer to honey, I'm only referring to raw, natural honey. I'm not referring to something you'd buy at the supermarket that's been diluted down with sugar.
1: Or comes in the shape of an animal.
2: (laughs) Uh, Another good uh, home remedy, which is more of a home treatment, um, um, is for allergies and uh, uh, asthma to some degree. And it's a a vomina or a therapeutic um, uh, throwing up or therapeutic vomiting. It's not too uh, popular with people when they first hear about it, but the effects um, uh, are very, very effective, and it's not very difficult to do. Basically, this is good for It's a, releasing what we would say in Ayurveda all Kapha problems, upper respiratory congestion, nasal blockage, asthma, allergies, that whole area. in there I, I do this treatment uh, with the clients, um, and I don't do it in my office. I give them the instructions, and I give them the, uh, what necessary ingredients, and they go home and do it. And the results are always impressive every single time. And I've had people who've had uh, asthma, for example, for years and years and do this treatment um, and get back to me years later and tell me that they just do this um, therapeutic uh, vomiting um, maybe two, three times a year, particularly in the spring. And that has resolved their whole uh, asthma condition, which they had struggled with their entire lives. So this is a real uh, winner of a, a treatment And it is one, it's probably better to have somebody uh, guide you through. But it's not, once you've done it once, it's not very tricky. Generally, just make a cup of, or three cups of licorice tea. Um, Just need some licorice root, uh, boil it just like you would ginger, and strain it. And then uh, drink about three cups of this uh, licorice tea, a warm. And then, um, and that won't make you uh, feel like uh, vomiting initially, but then you have a, uh, start guzzling uh, a pint or a three or four cups of uh, salt water with uh, a teaspoon of salt. And this will start to make you feel a little nauseated. And then you just uh, use your finger in the back of your throat and uh, bend over in a chair into a bucket. And uh, and you'll throw up a few times uh, or vomit. And uh, this is uh, very
1: effective. Well, I will say effective, but I would also say very scary for me when I think of that, first of all, I don't know anyone, well, there's a few groups of people that do like to vomit, but for the most part, I don't think many of us like to. But I would also warn people that just the actual regurgitation process or the reverse of the normal peristalsis of the body, which moves things from the mouth to the rectum going in a different direction, you can actually cause anatomical uh, damage in the area of the stomach and the esophagus, so this is one where i think that it would be very important to not do it often as you said maybe 3 times a year if you're going to do that but i would also do it uh with the idea that uh you're going to be working with someone because damage can occur from this uh not necessarily the remedy itself that i'm that you're mentioning but from just uh induced vomiting many times so uh I would want to be careful with that although it sounds like if you could cure asthma that's certainly uh worthy of consideration.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a very ancient uh a practice and that's why the licorice tea is to soothe the whole um,
1: uh, respiratory area and uh, prepare for it. But the but in the the part that I have the interesting uh dichotomy with is that the stomach uh is part of the gastrointestinal uh system and the lungs and uh sinuses are more of the respiratory system. So I I don't I don't totally follow the uh way that it works, but I will assume, since I am not Ayurvedic, uh, that there is some kind of an effect that happens there. But I I'm not I don't necessarily follow the gastrointestinal part going into the respiratory part.
2: That's so, a that's a good point. What it, what
1: it is is the
2: uh the excess uh, uh mucosa in the stomach which that's the source of this uh, uh phlegm and mucus. This is why we have the phlegm in the morning is because it's coming up from the uh, the uh, esophagus uh while we're sleeping and then getting into our respiratory system but Mm -hmm. the real the source is coming from the stomach and Mm -hmm. this is where that phlegm and congestion is and this is also creating a low appetite um uh, poor digestion uh, in the stomach so generally afterwards the appetite increases
0: um yeah no this is really interesting for me because you know i i really suffered from asthma as a child and uh it's that's uh, something that the Chinese doctor told me when I was a teenager too, that it's it's coming from your stomach. And and honestly, that that whole business of throwing up actually <laughs> made me feel so good. Um well, you did it, uh I think it was a different form. It was like the salt water. That's why when you mentioned it, my whole body went, ugh, the salt water, you know. Um we didn't do it with licorice. It was a different Chinese tea that he had concocted. Uh-huh. And yes, it, and that tea itself made us feel nauseous. And it was on an empty stomach, of course. It was when the uh-huh. stomach was empty. And so it was nothing else, but there was a lot of, uh I I would assume, yes, it was like a mucus that came up with it. Even though we're drinking the tea, it was almost like the tea was just uh gathering the mucus to come up. And it was uh, a quite a interesting feeling because it wasn't often. I mean, this was like twice a year that he would put me yes. on this. And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't suffer from asthma today, but that's also because of change in lifestyle. You know, there was a big change in lifestyle. So,
2: <laughs> a good point there on an empty stomach early in the morning. And in fact, most of these home remedies, particularly treatments, is that the trick is in the details. It, it, admittedly, you. You can get one detail wrong, and uh, it, it may not be effective. But uh, another uh, good area that people are always asking me about home remedies is a constipation, and uh, one of my favorite and most effective, which is an Ayurvedic, is a TriDoshic, which means it's suitable for all three doshas, is uh, castor oil. And uh, <laughs> the really, really, the only, the, the only, none of my home remedies taste that good, unfortunately. And and castor oil, if you've had it much, is not tasty. And the real trick is just the the quantity in which you take it, um, and of course how you take it. And so for somebody with a very mild uh, constipation, maybe just you know not regular every day, even uh, one tablespoon would be sufficient. And somebody with more chronic uh, uh, constipation, as much as three or four tablespoons or an ounce. And the uh, the trick is to make a ginger tea uh, first um and then strain the ginger out and then put the castor oil in the ginger tea, whip it with a fork, and then toss it down. And the ginger, of course, helps with the nausea and the taste and helps uh being warm, helps it to go down. And um for some people this works best uh early in the morning. Um and then others you can do it late at night, but it's very effective. Um other other uh home remedies for uh, constipation, just uh, prunes, prune juice, five or six soaked prunes in the afternoon. Very good for uh, fiber, of course, is is important, but not always the case. And for many people, if they add more fiber, they're just going to become constipated. It really depends on the analysis of the person's stool. Mm. Uh, but uh, uh, oatmeal with ground flax, for those who have uh, thin bowel movements and their constipation has been determined to be Uh, due to low fiber. It can't be a dry constipation or you can make your uh, uh, constipation worse by adding more fiber. And for mild cases, um, then just even a warm milk at night with uh, two or three teaspoons of ghee um, will help, Mm. particularly for the pitta type. And in fact, those three uh, uh, remedies that I just mentioned there, the R for vata pitta and kapha uh, the castor oil being the best for the uh, kapha. I mean, I'm sorry for the vata with the dry, hard constipation, and the um, oatmeal uh, suitable for the uh, kapha, and the uh, milk and ghee suitable for the pitta, who generally doesn't have much constipation. So uh, that that those are all uh, very effective. But herbs again are far more effective than all of these home remedies, particularly for the case of constipation. It's mm-hmm. much easier to measure out an an, an herbal formula in in teaspoons or cups of tea um than it is uh the these home remedies ex- with the exception of a castor oil.
0: Do do they do they make the castor oil in gel caps now?
2: <laughs> that, <laughs> that, would why be, trick,
0: that would be a great industry, you know.
2: <laughs> that's why the trick is to take it with the ginger tea. You can't Taking it straight is tough. I did it for years until I learned this little trick to make it with ginger tea and then chase it down with a little bit more ginger tea,
1: and that makes all the difference.
0: Uh, Yeah, because that oil floats, man.
1: (laughs) That oil floats on that surface.
0: Oy, yay.
1: (laughs) Well, I want to add a few things here. First of all, I went to, I think I mentioned this in a prior show, I went to see an Ayurvedic uh, practitioner, and they had suggested castor oils. So of course I went hardcore and just did it, you know, straight. And I did it for years. And after a while, you get okay with the taste. Uh, but it it worked, and it wasn't actually. They didn't give it to me for constipation. They gave it to me for low back pain, mm. which uh, it seemed to help for some reason. I was not ever quite uh, sure why it helped. Maybe it was a placebo effect. Maybe it did some other things, but. I did it, and it it was good. But I would also want to bring up here again the importance of a few things. Constipation, the first thing that people should think about when you're getting constipated is maybe what you just ate or you're, again, going to lifestyle. So if you can start finding foods that specifically after eating them cause constipation, it might be a good idea to eat less of those food or avoid it and find something else. The second part is that if you continue to have constipation, it's. I think it's important to get it evaluated because there are many serious disorders that can start with a simple symptom or sign of constipation. And the last thing I would say, and you've brought this up, uh, in terms of amounts and uh, how much to put into each formula. When I've seen people that have come out of surgeries or have done certain things where they were constipated, they will take large doses of either over the counter uh, medications specifically for constipation, or they will start taking large amounts of prunes or home remedies. I think it's very careful because you don't want to go from constipation to diarrhea. So it's very important to be sort of moderate in your process until you get a real handle on how effectively things work for you as a remedy.
2: Yes, good point. And while we're on that subject of constipation, even a safer home remedy is really just enema bag. Uh, Two quarts of water with a teaspoon of salt. This is a much faster, safer. I've administered enemas to uh, young children who have fevers and uh, constipation, and it's really the safest way to break it up. And castor oil is never meant to use on a long-term basis. And yes, it is used in a lot of other treatments, including a gout, um, uh, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, lower back pain, and uh, it tends to be uh, very effective. And in those cases, it's usually just a small amount every night, like one teaspoon every night for those type of conditions.
1: Correct. So let's let's stay in the uh, gastrointestinal area for a little while. Gas and bloating—a great people, one, yeah. People get this, uh, that as symptoms. What's your what's your remedy?
2: Yeah, well, there's uh, and again, there's many different types of gas and bloating because <laughs> there's many different causes of uh, g- gas and bloating or flatulence. And uh, we can just start with gas. I mean, you've got stinky gas and you've got non-stinky gas and You've got uh, gas that's caused just from bad food combining. You've got gas that's caused by um, having a fruit with a meal. Um, but uh, So we're not really addressing the cause here, but uh, we can say that there's many, many home remedies that can be done. And it does depend on the cause, which one works for you. But um, one of the, the, the simplest is just uh, a peppermint tea with ginger. That's probably one of the simplest. I have a a little uh, tea that I sell called Happy Belly Tea, and it's got uh, the carminative herbs in it, uh, ginger, coriander, and uh, cumin, and peppermint. And uh, this is very effective, Um, uh, instant uh, relief for most people. Um, And during a meal, if they sip that hot during the meal, that will help. And the real uh, trick is to uh, adjust it. Uh, For the individual, say a kapha type, we can put in more ginger. For the uh, 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 vata type, who's most susceptible to gas and bloating, we put in more cumin. And for the uh, pitta type, who has a little bit more heat and uh, more uh, heartburn types, uh, heartburn accompany this gas, uh, fennel. So Mm -hmm. uh, another good uh, home remedy uh, that was promoted for years by Dr. Basant Ladd is uh, cumin, coriander, and fennel tea. So this is considered a digestive... Uh, And basically that uh, should take uh, cumin seeds, uh, coriander seeds, and uh, fennel seeds and dry roast them in a a frying pan until the oil starts to come out and then grind them down in a a, a mortar and pedestal and then have one teaspoon in a cup of tea. Uh, That's very effective. But in fact, you could just chew on a little ginger after a meal. You could just make ginger tea and sip it after a meal. Um, uh, These would be very effective. And if you go to an Indian restaurant, when you go out the door, they often have a fennel Mm -hmm. seeds at at the door. So just chewing on fennel is very effective. So ginger, cumin, and fennel, uh, and coriander are these carminative herbs that are uh, very, very effective. And it's really just picking the right combination of them for the individual. Um, and if you throw them all in peppermint tea, then you have a very nice little formula that would be tridoshic and suitable for all types.
1: You know, Kabir, you've mentioned a number of times now the different uh, body types, the pita, the kapha, and the vata. And I would suggest to anybody listening to this show, that they go back to some of the other shows where you explain them in great detail. We want to spend more of our time right now on the remedies rather than going into uh, the different body types. But really take some time or at least do some research on that, and maybe you can figure out a little more of what we're talking about when we're mentioning these. But in many of our prior episodes with Kabir, he does explain them. In great detail. So I would suggest that. You did mention something that I really like the concept of food combining, causing the potential for gas and bloating. And I think that uh, this is one of the areas that we talk about. Uh, We've talked about with Tracy Harrison, we've talked about with you in the past. And in terms of when you eat whatever you eat, look for signs and symptoms afterward. If you have none, and you're feeling fine afterwards, that's good. But if you start noticing that uh, you're getting bloated or having indigestion or things like that, start keeping maybe a a food journal for a a short amount of time to see some of these things. And it might not be the food itself, but it might be combinations of foods uh, which are preventing uh, good digestion from the uh, enzymes in the pancreas and the gallbladder and in the stomach and in the mouth so that's an important part to look for good point uh, christina any thoughts so far
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I. <laughs>
1: you're mixing all your teeth is, right now
0: oh this is so much fun i i love this gas and bloating and constipation area.
1: <laughs> these, are, these are all
2: Vata, vata conditions You know, there. it's yeah. like
0: amazing because because this um, these symptoms affect everyone from little babies and children all the way to the elderly, doesn't it? And it, it really is <laughs> quite amazing. We can't run away from it.
2: <laughs> well, drinking I'm, I'm, that uh, cumin, coriander, and fennel tea in between meals will not only help with gas bloating, um, but... Uh, help with improving digestion, improving absorption mm. of nutrients, and it's very effective. Cumin is probably the most effective spice in helping with uh, 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 gas, for particularly for the vata type. And in fact, just cooking your rice and putting in a teaspoon of cumin will help. And of course, as uh, Hispanics uh, know in South America, cooking with cumin helps to uh, uh, reduce down the uh, uh uh gas in in most legumes as well so mm, you know mm. cooking with these spices also has been known throughout history to help to avoid the the, the gas that can result from well, uh, some legumes mm. i have another good one though uh bug bites bugs and stings <laughs> and this is one i've taught my son and uh he's apparently uh, helped out a few kids at school Um, And there's different approaches, but basically you need a drawing substance, something that's going to draw it out. Clay is probably the best. So, you know, I do have some clay, and you can, you know, mix certain herbs and even uh, 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 antiviral, antimicrobial, antifungal herbs with the clay, like even tea tree oil and things. But just clay by itself, a little moist, and then put on it um, charcoal or ash. Is uh, as we talked about uh, before the show, um, activated charcoal. This also works, uh, and and if you have nothing else, then you can actually just take some dirt and uh, mix it with a little water, which is what my son did at school, and just kind of pack it on, and then put it in the sun. And as it dries, um, it has a drawing effect and helps uh, uh, pull out um, the um, the what was been inserted through the, 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 st- the bee sting um so that's a, that's a nice little uh a home remedy um that is very effective. Is people are are people are surprised and apparently my co- my son has uh, uh, put a, some mud on some his friends who got bit by bees and they were all very surprised uh my son has also used uh, charcoal we were talking about charcoal if you have a sprain or you sprain your ankle um uh, my son has sprained his ankle and i have people come to me with these type of sprains and even though these type of acute conditions are not what I specialize in. I, I will uh, give them some charcoal and send them home. And it's uh, very amazing you can get the charcoal and just put some water in to make it kind of muddy, and then a uh, uh, pack it on the your ankle or your even a stub toe, and and just wrap it all up and then put something over it to so it doesn't uh, uh, come out and uh, sleep on it. And by morning, you're. Your sprain will improve. Your stub toe won't hurt even after Mm -hmm. an hour. Even even an abscess in the tooth or uh, a swelling in the tooth, you can pack charcoal in there. So charcoal is really a a great home remedy. And in fact, when I go camping or horseback riding, I always take a little bit with me uh, due to its other uh, many benefits about helping with food poisoning, acid reflux, and it stops external bleeding uh, too. So. Charcoal is just an amazing substance, and it, you can get charcoal from uh, coconut, you can get charcoal or ash from uh, cotton, there's many different uh, types of charcoal, um, and, and, and of course Ayurveda has many, <laughs> many different uh, ways to use
1: uh, charcoal, but uh,
2: that's a very good home remedy and something everybody should carry with them in a home first aid kit or when they go camping. Mm.
1: I think we should consider interviewing your son. It sounds like he's got his own little practice going. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh yeah, we have a little uh, uh a baby in the house, a guest who has a, a two year old baby and uh he he hurts himself all the time and i and I send my son to go take care of him, and they go into the bathroom, and the kid comes off with little bandages and Pat charcoal
1: <laughs> all over him. He's charcoal, charcoal, point has point an on bed. him,
2: and everything else. And uh, I can. This is, my son just, uh, uh, I guess, just learned from me uh, applying to him for so many years. Now he's doing the same thing with little little babies. So,
0: but I mean, uh, how great is that? Because I mean, it's non toxic. So, yeah. and it's black. And you know how kids love to touch things that are. Dirty <laughs> right, and they love to put it in their mouth, well, it's completely safe. it's great,
1: yeah, it's very you have, effective. you haven't taught him about the enema bag yet, have you?
2: Oh, he's well, you know he's had enemas even at an early age i i want I always want a child to be comfortable with an enema at an early age, so when they do have an acute condition like fever in particular or or uh, constipation, then you know they're already familiar with a procedure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one time I went on vacation and I came back and somebody was taking care of my son and he, they said he was constipated. They didn't say he was constipated. They said he had a fever. They were thinking, of course, taking him to the doctor. They didn't know what to do. And I just came in their house because I was going to pick up my son. I brought my enema bag. I took the kid in the bathroom. He was limp in my arms, just like lying there. His fever. He was sweating. And, um, I had questioned actually my son on the phone before I got there. And I said, did you have a doo-doo today? He said he knows how to answer these questions. He's not a kid that says he doesn't know. He's been asked his whole life about his bowel movements. So he gave me the whole report and he basically told me he had had one for a few days. Wow. So I knew the, knew the problem right there. And he, of course, he was in another environment where he wasn't getting food that was suitable for him. Um, and he... Uh, he, I knew he had this tendency for uh, constipation. So I went in and gave him the enema in the people's bathroom uh, with a uh, little salt. And uh, bef- well, I gave him the enema on the toilet, when I was done and all the, you know, he was cleaned out, I was washing the enema bag in the sink. And he, he I heard his voice behind me perked right up and said, Hey, Daddy, when are we going home? And just <laughs> five minutes earlier, he was limp as a fish. Lying in my arms, uh, sweating, looked totally exhausted. And uh, after the enema, he, he walked right out mm-hmm. of the bathroom and I, it was full of energy that night. I couldn't even get him to sleep. So uh, that's a type of case where uh, enema can be very helpful. And often these uh, uh, children get fevers mm-hmm. uh, due to constipation. And adults do, too. We just uh, don't acknowledge it as much. I have so a number of other
1: categories that I want to go in. Uh, I want to stay on the skin for one more minute. Uh okay. burns. Uh oh, burn. superf- superficial burns, maybe first second degree at the most, not third or fourth degree, but what do you do for burns?
2: Of course, first of always uh Ayurveda always practices the opposites, uh applying the opposite treatment. So, you know, when you have a uh, heat or uh, 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 even whether it's any type of heat then there's the opposite so cold water as we know submerging the the, the burn in cold water even ice water initially just to uh, bring down the uh, uh, the heat and then the home remedy is basically aloe and while you've got it in the cold water then you tell somebody to get the, uh, the aloe vera um, and then you mix uh, turmeric maybe with a cup of aloe vera you put maybe one teaspoon of turmeric in it And uh, let it. It's better it sits for an hour or two. You may not have that much time when somebody's in pain, but generally it's better to leave them in the cold water until the pain subsides, and then when the pain subsides, um, uh, cover it with the aloe
1: with the turmeric. I would uh, I would add one part to that just from the knowledge that I have in. Uh, medicine. We used to do the same thing. When people would come in with a burn into the emergency department, we would ice it down uh, at first to get, you know, thinking in the same uh, line. But what we saw was that the, uh, you have normal skin, which has say a normal temperature of 98.6 or somewhere around that. And when you have skin that's been burned, it goes up to a higher temperature, might be 101, 102, or something higher than that. If you put ice on them right away, it's that temperature change that sometimes causes the problem. So we started going from ice water or ice baths into more of a tepid solution to still bring the temperature down, but not to bring it down to an icy level. Because as we all know, if you just put someone in ice, normally they could also develop problems with their uh, skin and get burns from ice, hypothermia, et cetera. So we went to tepid water, but then uh the other parts of the solution that you're talking about the aloe and the turmeric that sounds pretty good
2: yes yeah i don't think the uh uh indians in southern india had much ice so i think they just were <laughs> just were going
1: for the cool cool water probably is all they really had to work with yeah, uh, i think i think that's good We're coming close to the end, uh, Kabir, and I wanted to ask you, of course, we're going to ask you for a health tip. You know that more than anyone now on the show. But I wanted to ask about toothpaste. Do you use uh, regular toothpaste? We're reading a lot of articles (laughs) nowadays on all of these chemicals that are in some of the normal toothpaste that are actually causing serious problems for people. And more and more people are going to natural toothpastes. So I wondered, you know, I see people using uh, sodium bicarb or baking soda, uh, and just using salt and water. Uh, what what do you use?
0: <laughs> right now, a licorice root. <laughs> well,
2: traditionally, it was sticks were all used before they invented the toothbrush. I got my one end here, and then I got my more uh, uh, in between the cracks end here. So you know, there's many different tea tree oil licorice sticks. There's different sticks that can be used, but it's very easy and this uh, very effective in, in cleaning the teeth because it, there's antimicrobial uh, properties right in uh, uh, the, the stick, particularly a tea tree oil stick. So this is uh, uh, preventing infection, uh, helping to pr- uh, protect the gums, and uh, it's not as hard and abrasive. It's toothbrush. I think many of the toothbrushes that we use are too hard and too abrasive. Particularly electric toothbrushes are uh, too abrasive for daily use. And uh, I agree that toothpaste is is you know most of the common brands have fluoride and and uh, other ingredients which we don't really need. I've always made my own uh, toothpaste and I've modified it over the years. And often I give it out for uh, Christmas presents. <laughs> it's yeah. Very cheap. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a little cheap, but because you know, it's very cheap to make. But uh, people seem to like it, uh, and it's uh, my main ingredients are uh, charcoal. Uh, charcoal is very good at cleaning the teeth. Making soda is too abrasive, and I use it maybe only once or twice a, a month. And maybe before I'm on a video or interview with you, I may use it a little bit to uh, you know clean the teeth. But on a daily basis, it's too abrasive. So generally, I use charcoal as a base. Here's my little uh, tooth uh, powder um, uh, container here that uh, my son made uh, for me to put my toothpaste in or tooth powder. And so I use charcoal as a base. And then, um, then I put in maybe uh, 10% of salt. Salt's very good at cleansing the teeth. And actually, for just good oral hygiene, uh, uh, cl- brushing your teeth with salt, particularly if you have any type of infection, uh, a toothache, then uh, my uh, protocol is first brush the teeth with pure salt to just disinfect the whole mouth and clean out uh, with a, a toothpick any gaps or any holes where the tooth um, uh, may be cracked or the actual cavity exists. And then in the cavity, uh, you may have to have somebody help you do it, is put one drop of clove oil straight in the cavity. This will uh, disinfect it and. And literally burn the nerve uh, so you won't feel any pain. Um, and then you can pack some uh, charcoal around it. So that's the bonus home remedy there. But back to uh, toothpaste. So I put the salt in here um, and uh, cinnamon. Again, cinnamon powder. It improves the taste a lot. And uh, just a little bit of neem. Neem is very good for the gums. In fact, uh, for gingivitis and other types of gum, de- gum disease, we. Uh, uh, can massage uh, neem oil on the gums, but on a, a neem is very good for skin and many types of skin conditions, and of course, it's a, a very strong uh, antimicrobial uh, property. So, mostly it's charcoal with a little salt, cinnamon, and a, just a touch of neem in a powder form. A very, very effective. It's kind of it makes your teeth all black. Uh, you spit it out, the sink gets all black. So, uh, generally, you have to rinse. So then I follow it up with my own little uh, rinse, which I make in these little bottles, and I just put, again, uh, a, a distilled water with uh, salt and a few drops of uh, tea tree oil and maybe a couple drops of clove oil, and then rinse a few times with that uh, afterwards. And then the third step for oral hygiene, since we're kind of going in that direction here, is my final tip, then do oil pooling where uh, you take a big gulp of uh, sesame oil and uh, hold it in your mouth and move it between your gums for 5 or 10 minutes um, and pull it between the teeth and then spit that out and then clean the tongue off. So the oil will, uh, sesame oil in particular is very high. We know in minerals, particularly calcium, very good for the bones and strengthening the the teeth. It's very nutritious, so this will all absorb and uh, strengthen the bones in that area, and, and, and the oil protects it. So it's the brushing with the charcoal, neem, salt, and cinnamon, then the rinsing with the uh, salt water, uh, maybe with a little tea tree oil, and then the uh, uh, oil pooling. If you'd follow those three uh, uh, steps every single day, twice a day, or after every meal, uh, you'll have very few uh, dental problems. In your life. And in fact, I've uh, rarely been to a dentist and I've practiced this my whole life and I've only lost uh, one tooth.
1: <laughs> for those, for them, that's very good. For those people that are still hoping that this is a show about home improvement, do you have anything <laughs> that would clean the bathroom after you've uh, rinsed your mouth out with all that charcoal and clove and everything? Tea
0: tree oil. <laughs>
1: <I will. laughs> a vinegar,
2: vinegar, vinegar, in fact, is uh, uh, one of the nicest cleaning formulas that you can have and we buy it in the in 99 cent store in the big gallon jugs and after i wash down the sink or bathtub i always just pour vinegar all over everything and pour it in the <laughs> drain it gets rid of the smell it's a mild disinfectant um and you can pour it on the countertops and the pets or children can touch it <laughs> and uh, you won't have to worry as much as you know you would as using something as toxic as a bleach hmm
1: we're talking with Kabir Southwick, our naturopath, our Ayurvedic healthcare practitioner, and herbalist. Uh, Kabir, you know more than anyone that we always ask for a health tip at the end of the show, and although you've given us many, do you have anything for us today? Um,
2: how? Besides carry your anima bag wherever you go? Um, okay, I think I'll, that covers it. <laughs>
0: Don't travel without special, an enema
2: bag. I mean, you have a
0: special have bag it in your, for your, have it bag. In your
2: bag. You never know when you're gonna need it.
0: That's their first. <laughs> that's part of your first aid kit, huh?
2: It's part of the you, first aid travel kit. Yeah, uh, uh,
1: you wear that around your neck or on your belt <laughs> when you're traveling. Well, you can't
0: forget the salt.
1: Yeah,
2: charcoal
0: salt enema bag. Charcoal
2: salt and enema
1: bag. Those would be. A uh, very important ones to take, you. Yeah. So I would like to thank all of my healers and my teachers for allowing me to be on my journey. Thanking Christina and Yoga Hub and Segovia and all of the team that worked to make Magical Medical Tour uh, a great show. I would like to thank everyone for listening, and I look forward to seeing everyone next week as we explore another quadrant of the healthcare galaxy. Thank you very much, Kabir. And until next meeting, I wish you all optimal health. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Glenn. <laughs> thank you, Christina.
0: it been <laughs> Th- a pleasure. Thank you so much, Kabir. Another fun show with uh, you and our wonderful Dr. Woolman there. <laughs> yes. We always have such good laughs on these shows, it's, and, and yes. yet we're learning so much at the same time. It's fabulous. <laughs> and, of course, we'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We're always grateful for your continuous support and we look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. If you'd like to connect with Kabir Southwick and his wonderful work, please contact him through his website at naturalhealingwest.com naturalhealingwest.com And of course, you can connect with Dr. Glenn Woolman through his website, glennwoolman.com where I encourage you to learn about his metaphor square breath. And again, we are always grateful for any feedback, comments, or suggestions that you might have. Please give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. And until next time, namaste.